Hi, this is Dave Denton of Dave's Voice Works and Radio Guy Reflections and TurnbuckleTrash.net. Two great podcasts, one about professional wrestling and one about radio. And it's all on Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, here's a great way to make a podcast. Use Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast because, hey, it's free. And they give all the creation tools that allow you to record and edit any podcast you'd like to do right from your computer. Use Anchor. Anchor, the best way to podcast and the best way to listen to Turnbuckle Trash or Radio Guy Reflections. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. I love video games and pro wrestling. With three fans who know how to talk some trash. None of these cross-eyed mouth breathers deserve to hear this voice. I guess it's time to take out the trash. Hi everyone, it's Dave Denton once again with Turnbuckle Trash. We're going to have a great podcast for you today. If you love pro wrestling, you know this has been a special two weeks in the history of professional wrestling. We'll be joined by Christopher Evans and Zane Omak, Zane Peterson, a little bit later on as uh, we talk about some serious subjects. And of course, when you get three of us together, it gets a little bit fun. That's all coming up on Turnbuckle Trash. But we want to talk a little bit about some things that have happened in the past week. All Elite Wrestling had their all-out pay-per-view, and it was spectacular. We have new tag team champions in AEW. That was because of the great cage match between the Lucha Bros and uh, from the Young Bucks. We had some surprises mixed in there. The wild card in the Battle Royale uh, was Ruby Soho, the former Ruby Riot in the WWE. Also, CM Punk took on Darby Allen in a great match with the first time that CM Punk has been inside a ring performing before a huge crowd in seven years. And we also saw the return of Adam Cole, bye-bye, one of my all-time favorites. Plus, Adam Cole told a little story that had a little twist in it when he joined the Elite. And then right at the end of the show, when you thought things were just completely done, and I'm sure some people in the audience were already leaving, we heard the music of the former Daniel Bryant. Now back to the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Now we're going to have reactions coming up on Turnbuckle Trash from some of those wrestlers. Plus we're going to hear from none other than Mick Foley talking about some problems for the WWE. Now let's get started here on Turnbuckle Trash because we had that great event on a Sunday night. Uh, it was all out. Now, they had a press conference afterwards, and I wanted to bring you some of the highlights from the press conference. So, first up, we're going to hear from the owner, promoter, and booker, Tony Khan. Now, this is in the press conference after all out. You'll also hear from Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, and the new tag team champions, the Lucha Bros. Let's all uh, go through that press conference with highlights from Tony Khan, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, and the Lucha Bros. 
This is one of the great nights of my life, and I've had some great nights. And this uh, took a lot of planning, and uh, but it, it's been amazing. We had such a stacked card. Uh, you know, it's been coming together for a long time, building to this, all these Young Bucks match with the outside interference. So building to, hey, I'm going to set no outside interference for this match by putting a steel cage around the ring and, and taking the top four teams and whoever the best team is, they're going to get a fair shot on the pay-per-view. Well, it came together in what my opinion is one of the great cage matches I've ever seen, one of the great tag matches I've ever seen, and, and just one of the best cards I've seen and really top to bottom. And when you look at Kenny Omega and Christian, uh, you know, what, what a great match they delivered. They had such a great match on the debut of Rampage that really uh, helped build this uh, into a, a great match on the, all these amazing moments at the end of the show too, after the great match. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker had, in my opinion, the best wrestling match she's had, period, not just since she won the title, but her best match. So I was really, really proud of the card top to bottom to be able to bring in Ruby Soho. There were a lot of stories in that match. And I took a lot of pride in it, putting it together, because you know it's like the, it wasn't just like 21 women coming in there. There's a lot going on with Anna Jay coming back and teaming with Ty Conti and the, the alliance of uh, Penelope and the Bunny, and mm -hmm. of course we saw Nyla Rose and Jade team up uh, to take out Thunder Rosa, to take out Julia, knock her out of this battle royal. They were battling with Thunder Rosa all night, and then they even like they like we kind of saw they might they turned on each other. Ruby Soho, what a great debut! So great to work with her, and really with all the women in the battle royale, I was really proud of that. And just top to bottom, like the whole show was awesome. I, I definitely Darby Allen versus CM Punk helped draw uh, such a massive audience for us. And then that massive audience, I really believe, not only did they get our best wrestling matches, everything on the card, Eddie Kingston and Miro, John Moxley and Kojima, bringing Suzuki in, everything top to bottom. Uh, it was just so tremendous. And uh, I, I was really proud of the work everyone did. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. To me, uh, I, I feel great. I, I feel like I just wrestled my first match in seven years. I feel good. I, I'm, I'm happy. I understand it, it's, a, it's a different, you know, CM Punk, and some people might, you know, oh, where's, where's angry Phil? I, I... What's next now for you? I mean, you're going to be a full-time pro wrestler. Are you going to work behind the scenes with the new generation? Do you think do you have... That's a question for them. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that I'm influential and I'm great. And, uh, you know, I was always just a kid who loved pro wrestling. And I wanted to do it. And, you know, let, let's see how far we can, we can take it. And somewhere along the line, you know, uh, it, it wasn't fun for me anymore. And, you know, when you're on the road half the year, over half the year, like not enjoying what you do... Um, takes its toll mentally and physically so uh I'm, I'm i'm stoked that i'm in a place now where you know i don't gotta race to the next town and and wrestle the next day so if i am sore banged up i get to rest i get to chill i mean thankfully i live here i get to drive home and hang out with my wife and my dog so that's probably the the best part i'm honestly kind of flabbergasted at the amount of talent in this locker room i you could put it up there with some of the, the more ridiculously stacked rosters of any era. Um, I, I thought Darby was, uh, you know, was a great start because he's a great opponent. He's, the fans love him, and I thought that we did a great job of not trying to sway that. Hopefully, um, you know, to me, pro wrestling is the best when everybody involved in something comes out looking better. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Like, one of the reasons why I'm here is not to see how good I am. I know I'm good, right? <laughs> I, think ev and I think everybody knows I'm, I'm pretty good, and I'm not cocky about it, right? I've just, 
been around the world, I've been in the ring with the best guys and all that kind of stuff. I want to see how good these guys are because you can only see so much by watching them, right? I've watched Kenny Omega and I think, man, like the last time I wrestled him was, had to have been 2007 or 2008 or something. It's like, man, he looks like he's gotten good. Is he? Is he as good as he looks? When I see Jungle Boy, when I see Darby Allen, when I see all of these people, and I think, like, they're good. I wonder how good they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, that sort of thing excites me. I'm excited by, by the idea of new and the idea of fresh. And I'm, so one of the things, mm -hmm. I don't know how many of you are married um, <laughs> or have kids, but when, you, when you're married and you have kids, like, your, your life becomes like a little bit tame. I love it, but it's a little bit tame. I need one part of my life that's a little bit wild. You go out there and you feel like, you, like for the most part, most of my career, almost every time, I've gone out there and really felt something. And tonight, like it was, it was a feeling that wouldn't stop. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Tonight was definitely about the feat that I had before me, which was quite a few incredibly talented women mm -hmm. that I have studied for a very long time and been a fan of myself for a very long time. So I knew I was up against a lot to get to this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Having been through this very, very, very long, almost 11 year journey to get here, to get to this moment, to get to the legitimate pinnacle of my entire wrestling career, which was tonight, and gain the opportunity at the AEW Women's <laughs> Championship is the most special and significant thing in the world to me. And I don't plan on wasting any time because it's been 11 years. I'm gonna hit the ground running and I'm coming for Britt Baker, whether she likes it or not. I have never been so like, I was on camera and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Like I couldn't even like contain my excitement because it just seemed surreal and it was, accepted and wanted and welcomed at this new incredible company that you work for. Like that's always a scare, right? Like you're working in a new place. Am I gonna be accepted? Am I gonna fit in with it? it? Like it just felt like home immediately from the moment I walked out there. This is Turnbuckle Trash. But I, I wanted to come back and work with a crew who I love being around 24 seven, uh, a crew that is just as passionate about pro wrestling as I am and fans that feel the exact same way that we do. So um, making the decision was a fairly easy one. I'm just getting started. Uh, like in this sense, I know I've been, I've been doing this now for 13 and a half years, but I'm only 32. So, so I have a lot of time left in my wrestling career. Um, as excited as I am, this is a whole new challenge. Like when I look at this roster, I see so many guys that I've never wrestled before. I see a whole crew of fans who are ready and excited for these awesome matches. Um, I'm ready to show them that I'm, I'm going to deliver. In every sense of the word, I'm going to deliver. And more importantly, I am so excited to do so. I know that I love pro wrestling, but you can't help but be more excited and more ready to go and more fired up when you're around Tony. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Uh, we are so proud to be Mexican. Uh, to, we are uh, so proud to be uh, luchadors, uh, represent my country, represent uh, my lucha libre style. 
And um, <clears throat> that's, uh, this is the thing we always want to show, uh, uh, show everybody, just the, the Lucha Libre culture behind the, the mask, you know? Uh, and that's pretty much uh, with the entrance what was, the, what is the, we did, uh, just like what is the Lucha Libre culture from where it's come, and pretty much like because we feel because we are so proud to be Mexicans. A lot of critics are calling this the best pay-per-view of the year so far, and I'm hoping that they all get better. We've had some good ones in year 2021, but we've also had a lot of people, especially on the internet, speculating about why all this former talent from the WWE is showing up in All Elite Wrestling. There are some of the wrestlers that hold some ill will towards Vince McMahon in the WWE and some who don't. Let's hear now from that same press conference with Brian Danielson talking about his relationship with Vince McMahon and the WWE and then a completely different take on that with CM Punk. And we'll wind up this little cut from the press conference with Adam Cole, baby, talking about his four years with the WWE. I loved where I worked before, like I did. And I love the people I work with, you know. Um, Is there any interest from Bree joining you here in AEW possibly or no? Uh, so, I mean, that would be a very difficult, like, it was hard for me to come here, right? Like, sure. Because we, I have so many ties within WWE. There, she's happy there. She has so many business connections there. Um, so, I don't know. You know, I, I feel everybody has their own journey and their own story and their own experiences where we used to work. And, you know, uh, but I heard him say it, you know, like I, I left and I don't got a lot of good things to say. He left and he says he loved the place. But what does it mean when you love that place, but you still don't want to be there? You want to be here. I think that speaks volumes. Um, so then I know it was, it was public knowledge to a lot of people that I had um, signed a little extension. I was in the middle of a really serious angle with Kyle O'Reilly, which was very important to me. He's one of my best friends in the entire world. Um, and then after that is, is when stuff kind of opened up for me. Well, because when you think about where I was, like that technically was my dream since I was nine years old. Um, and then I'd seen everything that AEW was doing. I, I'd been here countless times to support Brit and, and hang out with the crew. And it's just the best crew. Uh, the, the shows are amazing. The fans are amazing, uh, but at the same time, I had really built a reputation for myself uh, there as well. But I knew in my heart pretty early on that I wanted to come here, um, and it was no knock whatsoever on them. I, I had a very excellent four-year experience. It was reported before you left WWE you'd had a talk with Vince McMahon. Uh, how did that go, and how different is it talking to Vince? This is talking to Tony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the talk went great. Um, uh, we had a really, really good conversation um, about a lot of different things. But, but the actual conversation itself uh, was awesome. I, I had no bad experience with him whatsoever. Um, he, he is an intimidating man uh, that definitely commands respect in a lot of ways. Um, but, but the experience itself was, was totally fine. Mick Foley on his Facebook page posted a little video where he talks about the WWE and all elite wrestling. I'm going to play you a little audio cut here because I want you to listen to Mick 
given a little bit of advice to Vince McMahon and to the WWE. It's really telling how a legend, the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley, talking about the company that made him so famous. Hardcore legend Mick Foley, I'd like to title this video WWE, We've Got a Problem, because I think you do. And that problem is that WWE is no longer the place for talent to aspire to. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, building other talent, creating storylines, but part of it is a problem of your own making. I think younger talent sees the way that developmental characters are cut or left by the wayside, or in the case of Karrion Cross, greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster. If it's not broke, uh, don't fix it. Uh, if I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE Creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me uh, back in the day, but that was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be uh, with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. It was a great event. AEW's all out. And how is the WWE going to respond? Well, they had a decent Monday Night Raw. Not great by any means. But it was said that Vince McMahon was not there at the taping for the uh, Monday Night Raw because he was with the creative staff trying to figure out what the next step was after this great uh, all-out pay-per-view on Sunday night from AEW, which shaping up to be, uh, I think, a little bit more of a competitor than Vince McMahon probably thought. Now, if you're a real wrestling fan like I am, you're, you're hoping both, uh, both of those companies will do nothing but thrive. All the companies do nothing but thrive. Uh, I, I love the fact that ROH is sending some talent around. Also, the NWA having success right now. And uh, uh, the New Japan Wrestling, a lot of people are saying, that has slipped a little bit, but doing better. Then we also have some word from the new television show in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll talk about some of that stuff. And life gets in the way sometimes in the world of uh, sports entertainment, professional wrestling. We had a suicide of Daphne. We'll talk about that. And also a personal story from Zane. Uh, about that too uh, we also heard word that triple h has been to the hospital for what is be called a cardiac event so we wish him the best dave chris zane all together we talk about craziness in the world of professional wrestling and also some of the serious side of professional wrestling and we'll find out if he will join us that's all coming up next on Turnbuckle Trash. I'm Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champion, the Big LG Doc Gallows, and you're listening to the Turnbuckle Trash Podcast. Hi, this is Dave Denton. Let my voice go to work for you. It's Dave'sVoiceWorks.com. Spell works, W-O-R-X. And you can hear samples of my on-air work and also some of the commercials I've done over the years. And while you're there, check out my other podcast, which is called Radio Guy Reflections. There's pictures from some of my career and more, all at DaysVoiceWorks.com. 
DaysVoiceWorks.com. Spell works. W-O-R-X. It's time to take out the trash. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Trash. Hey, oh, out of nowhere. Nowhere. Out of nowhere. The WWE's Apex Predator is on the hunt. The Orton slithering. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. This is Turnbuckle Trash. Turnbuckle Trash. 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 Hi, everyone. It's Dave Denton. This is Turnbuckle Trash, and we are going to be joined right now from North Carolina, our North Kakalaka, as they say sometimes. It's Christopher Evans. James, Christopher Evans, how you doing, my man? Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Salisbury, North Carolina. The sun is going down. The nice temperature it is. Well, we got some hot topics for Turnbuckle Trash today. Boy, do we. We'll be also talking with Zane Peterson in just a little bit. Uh, we had him hooked up on the uh, the phone, and he says, well, let me call you back. <whistles> How long has it been? Like the government, hold up, hold on and wait. Hurry, hurry, hurry up, up and wait. wait, yeah. Hurry up and wait. So We'll give him a little bit, and he'll join us uh, in just a few more minutes. But, uh, Chris, um this is an incredible time that we're talking professional wrestling. I cannot get over how much news is out there. You know, we usually try about every two weeks to do this uh, this thing we call Turnbuckle Trash. And here we are uh, the last month, been doing them about once a week because there's just so much to talk about. So the big thing you and I were just discussing comes from not the AEW, not from WWE, not from Impact Wrestling, but it comes from NWA. It's National Wrestling Alliance. It's absolutely amazing what they did, and but it was about time that it happened. It's been three years, ladies and gentlemen, three years. The longest one of the longest reigning NWA champions, three years. Nick Aldis went against Trevor Murdoch, mm-hmm. and we've seen the pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen them, look at what Trevor Murdoch is wearing and see if you do a double take like I did. Yeah, I did the same thing, I, and I'm saying, but why do we double take, Chris? Go ahead, and you, you fill in the blank here. Because you, you are always reminded of the past, and that reminded you of old-school wrestling when those two were face-to-face, you see Trevor Murdoch with Harley Race's jacket that he always wore to the ring when he was champion. And when I looked at it, I thought that was Harley Race. It, I really thought it was Harley. Yeah, And a, a lot of people – yeah, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, when you just glanced at it, you thought, you know, wow, that, there's an old, uh, old picture of the great Harley Race who passed away last year, I believe it was. And you look closer, and that is Trevor Murdoch, one of the kings mm-hmm. of redneckdom. I mean, this guy, he is a redneck. He's a big old burly uh, man that uh, just, he just beats on you. And I, I, I got to say, I am shocked that Nick Aldis lost to Trevor Murdoch. I, 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 I I'm never, really impressed. So, I, I never would have guessed that the NWA would allow Trevor Murdoch because he doesn't look like he came out of a cookie cutter. 
he doesn't look like he's a a styling and profiling man. Looks like he comes out of an old Ford pickup truck and he's spitting tobacco on the ground. This is not what the what you see as an NWA champion, but you have to remember the times have changed, and the NWA really doesn't have many stars right now. They have stars, but they don't mm-hmm. have really names. But Trevor Murdoch has been all over the world, and he's 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 worked in the WWE, I believe. He was with Lance Cade, yeah, I believe tag yeah. team. Uh, yeah, who they were. Have, who, who would have guessed that those that that man that worked in the WWE has now have one of, has one of the most prestigious titles in the world that has that the names can go on forever. And who would have so, thunk? You know, he doesn't fit the mode. I'm when I say fit the mode, he doesn't fit what you would think somebody like a Vince McMahon would think to be the champion because Nick Aldis. Dressed fine, he talked fine, he had that British accent. He was a great mm-hmm. worker in the ring, and now yep. they go to kind of an old school wrestler. Do you do you think they were doing that just because they were saying it's time to make a change, or they were wanting to say, "Look, we're kind of old school at the NWA, and we're going to put on a great product for you." I think you just hit the nail on the head. We're going to put on a good product. Trevor Murdoch reminds me of the great, the late great Harley Race. Mm-hmm. He was trained by Harley. He learned from him. He looks like him, but his mic skills have got to use some work. Uh-huh. Um, he did. He did do an interview, and it was low, slow. Um, I think I did. I think I washed the dishes three times after he got done. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, he's a a down to earth man. He 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 fits as a world champion, although the belt doesn't fit around him. Um, he's a good guy. I like him. I, 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 my respects to you, man. You, you earned that belt. You earned the belt. Now, uh, it's, Zane, about, it's good. Zane will be joining us just a little bit. He just sent me a message. He's having some problems, um, getting hooked up, but he'll, he'll be with us in just a little bit. And when Zane okay. joins us, I'm going to ask him to tell us something about Trevor Murdoch. I'm hoping he remembers what I'm thinking of anyway, because, uh, well, I'll just let uh, Zane talk about that. And okay. uh, uh, so that's uh, that's the NWA. And then they had a special guest that was oh. part of the NWA pay-per-view over the weekend. Uh, the man who's been styling, he's been profiling, he's been in mm-hmm. Mexico, he was at the NWA, none other than the nature boy, Ric Flair. What about that uh, that little speech he gave at the NWA? That was incredible. The, the speech he gave with the NWA was absolutely, it was dramatic. It was tearful. I mean, it could have brought a tear to a glass eye. Um, it was perfect. I mean, he thanked everybody. He thanked uh, Vince McMahon, tr- uh, uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, The Undertaker. He did everything. He He told he wanted Randy Orton to beat his record, but... Now that the the queen has done twelve, it's time for her to to beat the record, not the way the WWE's going. Um, <laughs> but the thing of it is, is that his his message was was heartfelt and and it was good. And I had to listen to it about two or three times because it was just. And then he said the words that I couldn't believe. He goes, "I went out and had a drink with somebody. I thought you were sober." No, he 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 still. He, he doesn't party as much as he used to. Mm. But uh, I thought, yeah, when you know, he said, 
I went out and had a drink with him. I thought you were sober. <laughs> Hold on there, Flair. Wait yeah. a second. I, mean, I think what, what was one of his speeches? I I spilt more liquor. On, I've been I spent more money on spilt liquor. Of yep. course you had because you're probably too drunk to hold the glass. <laughs> did you but, see? Uh, the, he's, he's pickled. Yeah, the uh, did you see the WWE uh, program they had on A and E where they were looking for Ric Flair's um, uh, his I don't know which one of the robes. The butterfly the, the, bu- the butterfly robe. The butterfly robe. And, Butterfly robe. Uh, yeah, and they were talking about how Rick always lost things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he would leave things. You know, he was he he would get so drunk they'd forget where he put his wallet. He would be so drunk he forgot where he uh, he left this beautiful robe that uh, the guy who actually found it kept it for years, and then he sold it to somebody for. I'm going to say around 10000 and then that guy held the WWE and Ric Flair up for ransom, basically, when they, they oh, found yeah. out he had it. I didn't like that. I mean, the guy agreed on a price and uh, then, and then mm-hmm. reneged on that price, saying he wanted more money, and he wanted uh, a, a another robe from Ric Flair. And well, I, shoot, yeah. I mean— I mean, Ric Flair has sold almost everything he has. I mean, the baseball bat that was wrapped with Bob Wire went for $20,000 online. He sold that. He sold Triple H, the one of the, the NWA championship belts. Uh-huh. I mean, this man has I – mean, what, what, I know that you're a high-paying manager, high-falutin, and, you know, but do you spend that much money? I mean, good Lord, what are your meals like? <laughs> well, it might if be you a- gotta, if you. It might be a Go point ahead. now where he's he's just trying to, you know, make sure that when he l- leaves this world that he has enough money to give to his kids, his grandkids and how many children did he lose? I hate I, to bring up the old old yeah. past, but he's he's got a he had one son to to pass away, right? Yeah, his David. son David. Yeah. And that it's basically okay, got yeah, they got uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, thinking about becoming a professional wrestler. She hadn't even really thought about it till then. And uh, so uh, that's what got her in. And then, you know, Rick lived, I mean, when he when he was talking on Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, world-class, wherever he was at, and he was doing mm-hmm. those interviews, and you would hear him talk about his uh, $10,000 Rolex watch and his alligator mm-hmm. shoes that cost $3,000, you know, that was the truth. Yes, it was. It was the truth. And those robes, those robes cost him a load of money to make, right. to be made. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Thousands he, he of dollars. He lived, the, he lived the lifestyle of the nature boy. Well, there was one where they said that uh, he was so intoxicated that he dropped his uh, Rolex in a spaghetti bowl and just walked out. Yeah. So, yeah, so, okay, how many Rolexes did you lose, Rick? Can you remember? <laughs> I mean, he's 75, 75, 76. Something like that, I yeah. turned 76. Yeah. And he, he I mean, he, he's a walking liver spot right now. He looks just <laughs> uh, but, but But the man is, he's a living legend. He'll always be a living legend. He's on the Mount Rushmore, mushroom, <laughs> Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling in my take. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was a great speech. It was, it was a perfect speech. We're going to take a quick break real quick because we got to get Zane on the phone. He's right here. Here we go.
Okay, Zane Omac, how you being, my friend? Uh, terrible. <laughs> I can't get my stupid internet is having it. Zane, are you there? Uh, I hate technology. So your your internet's down, huh? Something's going on. I I, I did some stuff on Sunday and and installed a different switch and stuff. And I don't know if it's yeah. He's blaming it on the internet. Oh, you blaming it on Zane? Yeah, how you well, doing, Zane O'Mac? I, I, I have to go old fashioned and join you via touch tone telephone. Oh, oh, oh actually, but... I know. I'm just kidding, Dave. Uh-huh. There, there's no, uh, there's very few touch tone telephones uh-huh. left in the world. It's more like a cellular device. Oh, hey, hey, if you had to do a rotary phone. <laughs> hey, you know what? I do know what a rotary phone is. Whoa! Yeah, you're the, but there, that's one. <laughs> there are there are many 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 millennials that do not know what a rotary phone is. Yeah, you put you put it in front of them, and they don't know what to do. I mean, yes. I, there's videos of of kids don't know what to do to a phone. You know, they watch this. You know, but yes. anyway, as we were talking. Uh, about the NWA having a brand new champion over the weekend, the new NWA heavyweight champion, none other than Trevor Murdoch. Oh, you're talking about the man who could uh, ride a bicycle through Ethiopia with some KFC on the front. That guy, huh? Yeah, got got in a lot of trouble with Jim Cornette because of that. But I mean, he, he's going to be a great champion. But uh, let let's talk about something else because you had kind of an interaction with Trevor Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I actually I made a little um, uh, what the heck they call those things the a meme the meme a meme. <laughs> yeah, I made a meme of him one time. Uh, well, after that controversial event. Uh, and I, I found a picture of him, and I, and I put that statement by, by Jim Cornette in there. I'm the only man that can ride through Ethiopia with a bucket of KFC. And I can't even remember how the whole thing went. Chris might know. <laughs> <laughs> that man can strap, put a, uh, can strap a bucket of KFC and ride a moped through Ethiopia. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that – and then – but Trevor Murdoch actually – uh, asked for permission from me to use that that meme, and hey. I was like, "Whoa, that's cool!" <laughs> <laughs> but I never did see it anywhere else. But yeah. that was my little, my own little interaction with him. So, and now this is a different NWA for uh, all the. Um, this is the National Wrestling. Alliance, not uh, not the not the blank with attitude, you know. For those who, I, I, this is not Dr. Dre, Easy E, you know, Ice Cube. Who? This is not those guys. Hallelujah. <laughs> Although Ice Cube is a good actor, I got I got to give him that. I, Goes well in tea too. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Zane, Zane, uh, Chris, and I were discussing the fact that Trevor Murdoch, when he came to the ring, you almost had to do a double take because he looked like the great Harley race. He was actually wearing 
one of Harley Race's ring jackets that he wore uh, coming oh. to the ring. It was a, it was an incredible homage to the great Harley Race, and that's one of the things I love about professional wrestling is a lot of a lot of these guys don't forget who came before them. They they praise them, they talk about them, and and uh, they talk about wa- watching them as kids and and uh, growing up. So, uh, way to go, Trevor Murdoch. So did uh, Rick Flair cut a promo or anything and say, finally, the nature boy has come home. Well, as a matter of fact, he basically did cut a promo while he was there. And we're going to play a little bit of that promo that Rick Flair did uh, for the NWA as he was an invited guest. I think the most, the funniest thing I heard him say was he, he was so excited to be invited. He would have done it free but they paid they him paid anyway. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah. So we'll and play a little bit of that funny. right now. So I want to tell you what I did yesterday. Yesterday, I signed autographs with Pete Rose. I got, well, I started to have a couple of drinks with Dennis Rodman. I called Charles Barkley. Some girl told me I couldn't call Darius Rucker, so I called Darius. I talked to Lawrence Taylor, too. Do you know why? Because I was the NWA champion. And they all grew up. That's why the NWA, no matter what anybody says, thinks, or wants to try and prove, to somebody will never be gone because of people like you. And as long as I'm alive, I won't let you forget it. I gotta say thank you to some people. And I asked Mr. Corrigan, I said, I said, can I have a minute to speak? He said, you're Ric Flair, you can do what you want. I I haven't heard that in a long time. So let me do this. I wanna thank my beautiful wife, Wendy, every time I fell down, she picked me up. Just like Triple H picked me up, just like Sean picked me up, just like Tiger picked me up, just like Austin picked me up, just like everybody. Vince McMahon, I love you. Thank you. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And you know what? Vince McMahon's not going to watch this, but he's going to hear about it. He's going to say, Ric Flair's back where he belongs with anybody he wants to be with on a given night. That I have deserved that right. And Hunter, thank you for every time you told me that I was Ric Flair to go out and be the best I could be. Because I let myself down night after night. He would not give up. But he didn't care about my WCW run. Hunter grew up on the NWA. And guess what's hanging in his office? Not the WWE belt, but the NWA belt he bought from me. And Shawn Michaels, who carried me at the age of 59 through WrestleMania, thank you again. Taker, Taker who carried me at WrestleMania. Thank you, Steve Austin, Harley Race, Terry Funk, 
Funk, Jack Briscoe, Ted DiBiase, Baron Von Raschke, Black Jack Lanza, name it, I wrestled them here. And if you start with every big star from Hulk to Stone Cold to Hunter to Sean, take it, run down the list. You know what they grew up on? The NWA. And that's why they respect the brand and they respect me. Because they know that I went to work, they know that on Friday I wrestled an hour in Columbus, Ohio. Caught the first plane to make Atlanta TV. Did two shows in Atlanta, caught a jet to wrestle somewhere else for an hour. To get on a plane to fly in here to make St. Louis TV. <laughs> Only to catch another plane, dress another hour, and to get drunk all night long. <laughs> Hell yeah! That's what being the world champion did. You think? that I'm the only world champion that's been divorced? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Sam Mushnick with a great payoff. Your main event at the Keel, you got $6,000 cash. By the time I got done with the landing through these St. Louis, over to Delta, I might have had 1200 bucks. <laughs> and then I got a shoe shine and gave the guy a $200 tip. <laughs> then I probably gave a bartender on the way to the gate another $100 tip. You know why? Because I was the NWA world champion. <laughs> and everybody knew how hard I worked. You know, here's my world now. And I want you to think about this. I'm bragging because I'm happy. And so is Vince McMahon, so is Tony Khan, Billy Corgan. Wrestling, wrestling, we need brands. There's a lot of guys that want to wrestle that can't be in WWE. A lot of guys can't wrestle, can't be in AEW. They can come here now. They can be part of this. And you know what's nice about me? Is I can be here tonight, fly to Chicago, go see Steve McMichael tomorrow, and have a drink with Tony Khan Thursday night. And sit in the front row and watch Chris Jericho, who watched me wrestle Bockwinkle for an hour in Winnipeg as the NWA champion. He never forgotten it. And as for you guys, the greatest fans, I want to make it very clear. I want to thank Randy Orton and his dad. I wanted Randy to break my record until the Queen went 12. That's only four away. So here's to the Queen. Here's to my other daughter, Megan, my son, David. They all, they all live the nightmare of having the NWA World Champion of the Father. I'm sorry, I can't make up for it, but tonight 
All I can do is tell you, Billy Corgan, thank you so much for calling me. But he just said, Rick, I just need you to talk. That's okay. I can do that. Hell, I would have done it for nothing. He still paid me. I know I'm running long. I just want to say thank you. Really. Now, thank you. I hope I shout out everybody. Wendy, I know my phone is blowing up. I love you, baby. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thanking every one of you fans, thanking every wrestler, doesn't matter what company they're in, that remembers me, has treated me fairly, and has given me the respect that the NWA, WWE, gave to me. Thank you. God bless you, NWA! More trash is on the way on TurnBuckleTrash.net. Oh, he's got him in a subatomic headlock. Ow, that's got to hurt. Actually, I can tell you from experience, it does hurt. You were arrested? No, just married. It's time to take out the trash. I, I'm surprised you you two didn't get into it about Zane being late and then Christopher... Uh, what, what's going on? Are well, you guys becoming it's, friends it's now? Because hey, hey, Chris understands technical tech technical difficulties. You know, Chris he 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 deals with technical difficulties every day with security. He has to bust heads when things get you know technical. I point a taser at him and I tell him, if you want a fries, that take one more step. So, <laughs> Plus, well, you know, yet. me and Chris are always, always polite to each other. <laughs> Excuse me for a second. Excuse me for a second. I'm not laughing because I'm being tickled either, but that right there. Let, let, stop the bus. Stop the bus. Stop the bus. My mouth is agape right now. I'm going, I, 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 I. Stop. No, no. Me, me and Zane are always friends. We, we rib at each other like we're fixing to be into a steel cage match. Right, right. That would be interesting. Maybe we give David Yee their first pay per view idea. Oh. Uh, they'll yeah. take it over to Saudi Arabia and ruin it. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> That's coming yeah, up yes. in October, by the way. Uh, and the winner get and the winner gets a, ba- a basket of fries from McDonald's. So <laughs> Zane, get ready. Zane, get ready because it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll tell you. You know, I got my wife has an aunt in North Carolina, uh-huh. and as soon as you know this like i don't know what uh I, you you roll the dice okay. uh flip the book open okay pick a number pick a color pick anything and that'll be the next <laughs> variant of the the vi the virus that's that's uh you know going on and so as soon as we go through the entire britannica encyclopedia of of knowledge 
and go through all those variants and it gets over in 10 or 12 years, I'm coming to North Carolina and I'm going to see Chris. Oh, I'll make sure I, I, I'll <laughs> make sure that I'll, I'll have a good restaurant for you to you and your beautiful wife and your son to come to. We'll have a wonderful dinner together. It all depends on what kind of a part of North Carolina you're coming to. Oh, now, I'm come, not that far. I'm not, it won't, it won't be that far. It's she lives in uh, Fayetteville, which I think is only a couple hours from you. Yeah, Fayetteville's not too far away from Salisbury. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, well, let yeah. me know when you let, let me know you got my number. We'll have dinner together. We'll have a good time and sit down. And uh, dinner's on me. We'll, we'll take care of everything for you and get you some hospitality <laughs> down here and get you some good old uh, country biscuits and gravy and cat eye biscuits and sauger molasses. And we'll fatten you right up and you'll go home and go, I'm never going back to North Carolina ever again. Oh, oh, oh yeah. There you yes. go. Sorghum yes. molasses with butter and hot biscuits. Now that's some eating guy. I'm not I don't know if you've ever had that. That is some eating. So hey, <laughs> by the way, your your son, Jackson, uh, I put him on our Facebook page this week because and this is the main reason was the guy that was in the picture with him, uh, Sifa Fatu who is now a part of the WWE, was signed the weekend of SummerSlam. And you're, oh, yeah. you're, you and your son got to meet him at a DCW event. And wasn't he the very first DCW champion? I I don't know that part of history. I, yeah. I would We'd have to talk to Manning about that. I don't know. But I know that he was super, super cool. Uh, I mean, he, you know, I, I went up to him and shook his hand after the event and he got right down by my kid and, you know, uh, gave him a, you know, a big, you know, just kind of a side squeeze and was uh-huh. like, you know, super glad that he was there. And, uh-huh. you know, dude, it's, it's, I'll tell you one thing. And this is maybe, this is my own personal thoughts on this. Like every time I've taken my kid to one of these events or like a meet and greet with like doc gallows, you know, I don't know what it is with wrestling guys and kids, but they freaking love kids. Yes, they do. I mean, I mean, Manny, uh, he is so awesome to my kid, and he's just so nice to him, and he's like always like give my kid high fives and stuff, and like I don't know, it's just super cool to have that kind of experience when you go somewhere and not have because you know you hear many times of celebrity meet and greets of people like. Uh, sign your thing, move <laughs> on with life, and and uh, yeah, like, that's never happened to to me before. Like if if you go to an event like Fan X, which is coming up uh, in September in Salt Lake City, it's it's a Comic Con, mm-hmm. and most of the celebrities there, if you if there are any kind of name, and you buy a package to get your uh, picture taken with them, it's going to cost you eight eighty to a hundred dollars. And mm-hmm. they're, you're going to be ran through like cattle. I mean, mm-hmm. just that that's just the way it is. You're going to stand in line. They're going to say, next. You come over, yep. sit down, say hi, 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 hi. And then you take the picture and then you leave, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and you can pick it up later. But it, it that that's just, the, that's just the way it is. And because there's so many people. Uh, but most professional wrestlers, and I'll tell you this, they take the time to talk to their fans. And I, I'm sure you know when Hulk Hogan was at uh, at the uh, Comic Con, and I I didn't stay for that one, but I'm sure that he, you know it was he was one of those people that had to uh, push through. But you know when Ron Simmons was there at Comic Con, he 
talked. He talked to me, took all the time. I, I wanted to talk to him. Jerry Lawler was the same way. Vicky Guerrero was the same way. And uh, when I met Doc Gallows a couple weeks ago and Ray Mysterio, uh, they were just very kind, very humble. And they always thanked me for coming to see them. Every one of them have done that. And I just thought yeah. that I thought that was really cool. So there's um, been quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of ruckus lately. Do, do people even say that anymore? I don't know. I'm well, not you just did. Cool. So aren't you people? There's quite a bit yeah. of ruckus going on out there uh-huh. in the, uh, the, the the land of the wrestling world of profession. Um, boy, oh boy, uh, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. See, I just jumped in like I was in charge there, Dave. Did you see like <laughs> that? I took charge. I took charge. Dave, I'm going to let you handle this one, okay? You, okay. you uh, I mean, you, you know I have been in contact all week about some some strange things going on. And Chris and I were talking about this before we started recording because two two things happened this week in professional wrestling that make me scratch my head and both things dealt with the WWE and one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, evidently in Oklahoma City for Monday Night Raw, Vince comes in in the afternoon and starts pushing his weight around, rips up scripts for all the matches and rewrites and did, didn't like that and, and ripped it up again and rewrote again. And Monday Night Raw was everything except for the tag match with uh, the RK Bros and uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP. Every one of the matches were disjointed. They weren't that good. The Nia Jack Charlotte Flair was really bad. And Chris, what did you hear about that uh, Nia Jax Charlotte Flair match? From what I understand, Nia Jax is like working with a piece of old cardboard. Uh, it's it's not easy. And this girl, the only reason I think she still has a job is because she belongs to the Samoan family. You know, she's she's a cousin of the Rocks. Uh, this girl is very dangerous in the ring. From what I understand, that there was a move that they were fixing to do, and it did not work. Charlotte ended up on her neck. She oh. came up. Uh and potatoes were being thrown, and I'm not—I'm not talking about the ones that you grow in the ground. Um, so these they, girls were actually hitting each other, and when they went to the backstage, it became worse. Yeah, they were—they were actually throwing down in the ring, more of a shoot match. Or, or, you know, a shoot match means that it was real that they were angry with each other and uh, throwing haymakers, and it did go backstage, and there were some angry words, and they had to be separated. But the thing, you know, when I when I talk about how how Vince changed things, one of the three matches that was uh, destroyed because of Vince McMahon, and they had advertised it was going to be Charlotte Flair against Alexa Bliss and Lily. Well, that didn't happen. But Alexa was there, and she doesn't know what happened. Of the three matches they had talked about and advertised, not one of them took place. So I ask you both, I'm, I'm just going to put it up to you. If you were going to work and you didn't have any direction until it was time to 
put the, the, ha the, you know, the hammer to the nail or whatever it is, and you had no direction about where you were supposed to go, and then you didn't have any direction about what the background or anything like that, could you perform, could you do your job at the last minute as well as if you were prepared? No. Oh, that's like my everyday battle, Dave. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> How do we deal with, with, with this? Uh -huh. No, just kidding. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, you know, um, boy, it, it can be a struggle, that's for sure. And, you know, and these guys, we, especially us, our Slamal group here, we understand and we know, and I'm sure a lot of wrestling fans do, and we talk a lot of smack about it, but, like, there's a reason why everybody's leaving and going to AEW. Uh -huh. Our, you know, begging uh, to mean, get out, yeah. And there's a few of those guys that'll never go anywhere, and and that's fine because the WWE's not going anywhere. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, Roman will never go anywhere, and you know, there's a few guys that will never go anywhere. I, I, that's a rude thing to say. Not, not in a sense, not saying they're not going anywhere, but they're not leaving the WWE. How's that sound? Is that better? We complain a lot about Vincent Kennedy McMahon, but I still would put him on my Mount Rushmore because of what he did and how he changed wrestling. And since he was a performer in the ring, too, that's why he's in my Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Then comes yeah. word on, uh, well, it happened this morning when I heard about it. And I just, once again, I'm going to throw it out there for both of you. Uh, NXT, well, they've changed their look on their logo. They've been talking about all the changes they're going to have where they're not going to go after anybody who's over 30 and sign them up to be trained in the WWE way. They're not going to sign anybody who is shorter and doesn't fit the, quote, mode of a WWE superstar, which is usually big, not necessarily bodybuilder <laughs> types, but in shape and very athletic. And I have nothing wrong with that, but it's really going to replace people like Tamansa Champa, who wrestled a great match on Wednesday mm -hmm. night and NXT. It was so much fun, and he's one of the best out there. But the word is that he's going to kind of back off and be one of their coaches, which, you know, that's oh, great. Geez. But it, it was a great match against Ridge Holland, and I was shocked that Tamansa won that one. But the word came out today, taking over as the producers of NXT – Vince McMahon oh, and hell. Bruce Pritchard. They're they're going to be in charge of NXT, and Hunter's going to have a role, but they are the producers. They can rip up the script at the last minute, fire people, push who they want to push. You know, I th I just think it's too much. I really do. Oh, I don't know. You know, I agree 100%. It's, there's a reason why NXT was so awesome. Oh. NXT has put out over the last two years. Now, Chris, I know you don't get a chance to watch NXT very much, but yeah. their takeover events have been, I think I put it in one of the, one of our podcasts a couple of years ago. I said, it was like they got through their takeover, looked at the main roster and said, take that top this. And they never yeah. did. And yeah, the, 
if you want to watch good professional wrestling, good storylines, unusual storylines, you're going to be watching NXT. They're going to have mm-hmm. another wedding with Dexter Loomis and, um, yeah, and, you know, weddings in professional wrestling don't go too good. But this one might be kind of funny. Johnny Gargano is going to be involved. And they it's been kind of funny, the, the setup to this. And then they, they've had their uh, cage matches and their three-on-ones. And they just do all kinds of different matches. And I put on one of the wrestling pages on Facebook, I said, so what are they going to do? Change NXT to a 15-minute opening where nothing happens except yak, 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 yak. And then every 10 minutes, they're going to say, this happened just a few minutes ago here at NXT. You know, that's what they do on Monday Night Raw. And they yeah. do it on SmackDown, too. I just hope they don't revert to that. I uh, There's elements of the NXT that really work, and I'm hoping egos don't get involved too much when they say, this doesn't work. And I'll say it once again. I said it uh, last podcast. If it works, I'll praise them. If it doesn't, I won't praise them. I'll just tell it like it is. So, in your opinion, you know, you get to watch AEW a lot more than um, Chris and I. You know, I don't, I, I don't know why. There's, there. I wish that they would do something with somebody so that we could, I could watch AEW, even if it was a week or two ago. I mean, I've watched a lot of highlights and stuff on YouTube. They do quite a bit of highlights, and there's some cool stuff. But in your opinion. Is has AEW gotten better in the last couple of years, and are they, um, you know, somebody to be a force to be reckoned with? I mean, do you really see them? If the WWE stays on the path that they're going, is AEW gonna just keep gobbling up those guys and and doing good with them? Uh, Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to you real quickly about that. Well, I, I, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I see what AEW is doing like WCW did a long time ago. They're getting the good stars from the WWE. <laughs> They're picking them all up. I mean, look at guys, the, the, the AEW roster is so stacked right now with stars. It's absolutely pathetic. I mean, pathetic? you've got, it, it is, it's pathetic. I mean, You've got everybody – you've got the old stars from the WWE. You've got the new guys that are coming up. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. Please, guys, do. Do you not want to see new talent? Do we have to see the old talent? Can't we see somebody new? Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you there because that's a good thought. Yes. But if you watch, if you watch closely – these stars, the older and the new, are starting to really interact with each other, and they're building stars. You know, they just had their 100th episode of Dynamite Wednesday yep. night. 100th episode. Who were their stars when they went back there? Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, which they're still involved, but now the real stars in AEW the ones that have done so well, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. I mean, Chris mm-hmm. and I, we, we argued about Orange Cassidy with, uh, with Zane so much when it first started because we didn't like him. 
Nyla Rose. Still don't like Nyla Rose. But uh, Dr. Britt Baker is a huge name in professional wrestling. I think they oh, have yeah. a really good mix of established stars to get a wrestling fan to say, oh, I want to see Malachi Black, and boy, do I. And I want to see him against Darby Allen eventually. But no, it's going to be CM Punk against Darby Allen Sunday night in Chicago. And Sting is going to be there, but he is going to lead Darby alone in the ring with CM Punk. Is is that going to be pushing Darby Allen to the stratosphere? It, yeah, you daggum well right it's going to be. Darby Allen's going to be a huge bigger star than he is right now. They just posted on AEW Today on their fa- uh, fan book page a, a video of Orange Cassidy standing there with the Nature Boy, and Orange Cassidy gave Nature a pair of his sunglasses. Who knew Orange Cassidy two years ago? Very, very few people. And now he's one of the top merchandise sellers. So even though you make a point, the point to me is I think they're brilliant in the way they're bringing up some of the younger talent, like Private Party, the tag team, or like uh, they're bringing in Hangman Page, who took some time off so he could be with his wife when they had their first child. And I think they've done very, very good work merging the people, the stars, with the younger stars. And Cody Rhodes is putting Malachi Black over so much right now, and people complain about Cody being the star of the show. Cody's putting people over now. I mean, he puts people over. I think he's got the right attitude to do this, and I don't quite buy into the the old people are pushing the young people out at AEW. I, I, just, I just don't see it. I, I think they're using the older people to help push the younger talent. You and I, we argued about Orange Cassidy. Couldn't stand Mr. Uh, my dog's pockets, so we couldn't really help it. But you know what? Orange Cassidy has grown on me. I like Orange Cassidy. He's great. It's just some things I wish he wouldn't do, and there's some things I wish he'd do more of. But uh, that's another story for a different day. But, yeah, AEW's doing fine. They're kicking the WWE's butt six ways from Sunday, and every all the little AEW marks or the WWE marks can't stand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the one thing that I do have a problem with is that, guys, it, it's a wrestling organization. We've seen this once. We've seen this twice. Just watch the dang show. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch it. Here's Chris Jericho putting over MJF, and a lot of people knew who MJF was with – his work with uh, Major League Wrestling, but but if you weren't a wrestling fan, you didn't know who this guy was, and now mm-hmm. he's a major star. So I think the the people talking about the old guys taking over from the new guys, I don't know if that holds a lot of water. So, well, I I uh, think of it as you know, uh, Sticks is one of my favorite bands, right, and. When I go to a Styx concert, uh, I want to hear them play, uh-huh. you know, Crystal Ball and Snowblind and, you know, Too Much Time on My Hands. And I want to hear them play those songs. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear them play the new album that just came out. Yeah, The, the new album is great. The new album is fantastic. 
It sounds great. It sounds like sticks. You know, you, you want it's, you want to hear Renegade. You know, yeah, yeah that, that's what you want to go. Do. And and so when I turn on AEW, Chris talked about this when it very first started about Jungle Boy. He says, "Who's Jungle Boy?" Right, that's another you know? star. Yeah, and and I and I, I it's like I understand that. It's like when I turn on a wrestling product, you know, I'm gonna go, oh. Hey, there's Christian Cage. Wasn't he? Wasn't he with Edge in the Brood? You know. Oh, God, look at that! There's Chris Jericho. Holy crap! What is this program? I remember watching these guys back in 1999 and 2000. You know. Right. And so I think, from that perspective, that you know. And maybe there's, I mean, I think, I don't know if they're going to get that much of a draw from casual wrestling fans, because a lot of casual wrestling fans are the old former wrestling fans of the of the, the uh, Monday Night Wars. They're not a lot of them are, are wrestling fans, well, or at least they claim they're not wrestling fans now, but we all know they're closet fans. Right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, so, so that's a point there, though, is. Is a, I mean, if if a if you don't have any star power, you're not gonna. And this is no offense to any independent wrestling league, but there's a reason why the independents aren't don't have huge television contracts and don't make tons of money, and why the guys are performing for fifty bucks a night. You guys got to watch heels because it's it's it, it explains it a hundred percent in there. What happens, and and uh, you know he brings in uh, an old an old uh, Ricky Rabies. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rabies. He brings in Ricky Rabies as a draw. You know, yeah. he's got to have somebody. He he knew he knew that that night, that next week's show was what that that nobody would be there because of the way things went down at the previous show, unless he had a draw. So Ricky Rabies cost him a lot of money. But Ricky Rabies brought in the tickets, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that's why they do, you know, why they why they bring Doc Gallows to Salt Lake every once in a while. Can they afford to do it every week or every month? No. And and in, in October they're going to have uh, QT Marshall, our Marshall that's from the Nightmare Factory in AEW. And if you watch AEW now, you know who this dude is. But could they have done that a year ago and hardly anybody knew who he was? No. But I think the the one point is that you're making, Zane, is it's all, you know, trying to get a crowd in there. Let's go back to when UCW in Utah was still uh, putting on shows. We used to go there quite a bit. And they put on a show in this little sweaty uh, sweat box that, you know, it was just a nasty warehouse. I mean, really, it was in a bad part of town. And they might have what two hundred fifty people there if they were lucky. Uh, I don't even know if there was that. Man. Yeah, Probably seventy five. Yeah, and then they bring in Ray Mysterio and a couple of the mass luchadors uh, come in. You know, I think that was when they had. Uh, oh, that's the guys I'm thinking of. Anyway, there was well, a couple. There was there was another one that we went to when L.A. Park was there, and right. And they had to, they had to have a place that was big enough to hold about a thousand people, yeah. But you know you got to have stars 
when you're doing this that that will bring people in. And that that's part of the deal. Uh, I want to come back in just a little bit and uh, I'll talk some more professional wrestling. But we did have a tragedy occur in professional wrestling. A female announce a female wrestler for uh, Impact and WCW. Anyway, uh, for um, the WCW and also for Impact Wrestling, Daphne, uh, evidently on Instagram last night, she posted a very scary video where she was threatening to take her own life. And they did find Daphne passed away this morning. And uh, what a sad situation that is for all of her friends. I know Martin Casals, Marty the Moth knew her very well. And I think uh, Matthew Robles, the MK Bandit, too. And I think for for us to take just a minute to remember that these people are real people. They have real problems. They lead real lives in a kind of an unreal world, an unreal professional uh, profession. But I'd like to take the time right now to uh, honor the passing of Daphne, if you guys don't mind. And we'll we'll put in the tin bells here for Daphne. That's a somber thing to think about and something that's really difficult for um, a lot of people to talk about and a lot of people to address, you know. Um, right now in our country, the teen suicide rate is the highest it's ever been, ever. And, and people are... are uh, they're, they're tired, man. They're tired. Mm-hmm. They're worn out, you know, and you look at the news every day and you look at what's going on and, and you, you face your personal demons every day of your life, you know, and I've been, and I'm not making this about me. This is not about me. I'm sharing an experience because I think that it's, like you said, it's important to remember, you know, what Daphne went through in her own lives. And we don't know that. Right. We don't know. You know and I'll tell you a quick story if I may, when we first moved down here uh, to to this San Pete Valley, um, it was it, it rocked my world. You know, being in a different place, no family around, not knowing anybody, not knowing anything. I mean, I'd been in Cache Valley my entire life, and you know, and I, I went and saw this psychiatrist, and I told him he's like, oh yeah, he's like, you're like a loaded gun ready to go off. He says. You know, you take a family history of depression. My my grandfather on my mother's uh, my mother's dad um, he committed suicide uh, when my mother was uh, twelve years old, mm. and so there's a that that runs in our family. And I I never got that low to where I would take my own life, but I remember thinking one day on my way home from work. And I didn't like, and I was dealing with some difficulties 
you know, because I felt like I didn't fit in at work. And I thought, you know, if I crashed the car right now, right, you know, if I ran the car off the road or if something, if a semi swerved and, you know, if I swerved and hit that semi, would anybody even miss me? Yeah. You know, and, and that's when I realized that, that that's like, you know, it's time to get some help. And I went to, you know, I went to into counseling for about a year and a half and right. um, various medication changes and things like that. And again, I, I apologize. I'm not trying to make this story about me. No, I'm just sharing an experience of in my own life of how real it is when you get that far down. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and Zane, I thank you for sharing that because people, you know, there's, there's help out there that is available when you feel like your world is crumbling around you and you don't want to go on and you're thinking of harming yourself, reach out to someone, anyone. I mean, even the 911 operator will get you help. And it's just terrible that life gets, gets so um, overwhelming at times. And, you know, I've went through some some medical issues this past couple of years myself. I don't have those thoughts, but I can sure empathize when people do because living with pain, living with uh, the insecurities of life can get you down. And once again, if you need help, the police are there to help. 911 operators are there to help. There's suicide hotlines. There's help out there. Reach out to a family member. Reach out to a friend. And talk it out. And then go get help. There is nothing wrong. Not one iota thing wrong. If you feel like you need help, you go get it. And that's, yeah. So, wow. That was pretty deep, guys. And Zane, I appreciate you sharing that, man. And then one other thing. Let's let Chris pipe in on this. Okay, Chris. Well, I mean, I've I've seen it through the jail. I've I've seen suicides. I've worked in a hospital. Uh, I've I've been to the suicidal ward. I know what it's like. Um, I've had my own share of my demons as well. Uh, Still do to this day, but I've never tried to do anything to harm myself. But uh, Zane, I have a lot of respect for you for what you just said. Thank you very much for what you just said. Guys, there's always help out there. There's counselors, there's police, there's hospitals, there's medication, but the medication doesn't need to be inside your body. And the only person that can really help you is the good Lord above. Right. So mm-hmm. that's all there is. Um, this is a very tragic loss for professional wrestling. Um, I don't remember her that well. I know of her, but I don't remember her. I know in WCW, I think. I would have to take a look at her picture again to find out. Yeah, she had a really good run in the old TNA uh, and uh, the beginnings of impact wrestling. She, she was a very talented performer. I remember her from, I remember her more from TNA myself. And, you know, she was part of that group when TNA had the best women's lineup of all the wrestling out there, you know, Zane yeah. and I were talking about. I re- yeah. Ago. I remember that. Yeah. So she was Absolutely. part of that group and, and, uh, it's just a real shame. Uh, Chris, by the way, one other thing, uh, we wanted to give a shout out to one of your friends and without getting too personal, Let's give our oh, shout, yes. shout out right now to, to Mike. Oh, man. Uh, found out about two days ago, uh, Mike had messaged me. Um, we were talking about uh, uh, 
a friend of my a friend of ours we went to school with that just passed away from COVID. And he says, Well, I got something else that I need to tell you. And I'm not trying to Mike's personal business. Mike, please don't. But uh, Mr. Calvin has told me that he has colon cancer. Wow. Has been diagnosed with colon cancer. I don't know uh, what the stage is. Have no idea. Um, please, folks, put him in your prayers. He needs it. Uh, he, he messaged me today. We talked for about 45 minutes about wrestling. Um, if you're on the Facebook page, uh, give this man a shout out and talk to him. He's kind of down right now, but uh, he's a former Marine. Well, once a Marine, always a Marine. Right. And um, he's been on the podcast really, with us. Remember that? Uh, about two yeah, years we need ago. to put. I, I, uh, yeah, I think we need to put him back on the podcast again because he really wants to talk about wrestling. I was going to suggest that he come on with us tonight, but he had some things that he had to do okay. with his family because he's got two little boys and he's got a wife and. Uh, He's trying to keep his mind active. I don't know if he's going through any treatments or not, but I'll find out here shortly. Mike, uh, you are in our prayers, and uh, keep fighting, bud. That's all we can say to you. Keep fighting. That's true. So, Mike, you're, you have an open invitation, and Chris, you set up the time. You tell me when you set it up, and I'll record it, okay? Sound like a winner to me. I love okay. it. Love it. Love it. And then one other quick thing, guys. We talked about this a lot on our last podcast right towards the end, and I wanted to bring it up at the beginning, but I kind of forgot. We were su we were supposed to have a special guest with us tonight, Troy from the Real Wrestling Fans uh, page on Facebook, and uh, Troy oh, and I have Troy. <laughs> Troy and uh, <laughs> Troy and I don't see eye to eye on everything. I'll I'll just say that, and I've accused him of being a troll on social media, and uh, he he does not like. AEW in the least. And you guys made the suggestion we get we talked to him on the on our Facebook on our podcast and I reached out to him we messaged each other several times and Troy was going to be on with us tonight but he got called in for uh for his work and he couldn't be with us but we will get that interview and we're going to be are we going to be nice young men Absolutely, yeah. you know. Well, of course, I mean, uh, I'm not going to uh, string him up and boil him in oil and and sell his fat for soap. <laughs> so, I mean, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he'll Bring be fine. A little hey, and he'll plus, be great. None of us are Democrats, so we are nice to people. <laughs> oh, we, we let people have different opinions <laughs> and respect well, their first, opinions. My, my my first question is: If you don't like AEW, then what in the Sam Hill are you watching? Well, you know that's that's why you know that's one of the things I wanted to talk to Troy about, and he was very gracious when we were uh, sending messages back and forth, and I appreciate that, Troy. I was kind of I was kind of hoping it wouldn't get into why do you want to talk to me, and you're always so mean to me. No, I just want to know why you don't like AEW. And I also want to ask him about the wrestling that he does like outside of WWE. And we'll get that interview done really quickly. And sometime soon, we'll be joined by Troy uh, from the Facebook page, Real Wrestling Fans. And uh, you can go on there and, you, you know, you can, you can see they have uh, several administrators. And Troy is one of them. And he'll... Man, he just he just lamb blast AEW. He's he's all over them all the time. And once again, opinions. I I don't mind if you have an opinion. You know, yeah. we'll still um, treat him with uh, with dignity. Somewhat. So, no, we will. Dave, any news or rumors or 
Um, anything on on the touring WWE, AEW, Salt Lake, West? Anything? I haven't heard anything about way. coming to Salt Lake. I I know that uh, the AEW uh, Nightmare Factory uh, does shows about once a month in that town just south of you, Chris, in North Carolina. And they're getting mm-hmm. ready for another show down there. I was telling Chris that tonight, the, the day we are recording this, uh, is uh, going to be a new program that's being recorded, Championship Wrestling from Georgia. And they are going to actually have wrestling back on Channel 17 in Georgia, which kind of started the nationwide impact of professional wrestling when they had Gordon Soley, Mr. Wrestling mm. Number 2. The early days yes. of the Road Warriors. They were all on Channel 17, which became WTBS. They were the flagship station for the Atlanta Braves. Every Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock on Channel 17, you would watch professional wrestling. And, Chris, you'll, you'll, you'll probably laugh at this. When I would visit your grandmother and grandfather and my cousins <laughs> in Paris, Tennessee, yep. I was always jealous because they had cable TV in little Paris, Tennessee. I live in the big city of Memphis, and we had three channels, maybe mm-hmm. four when you you know PBS. But you got. But you have to remember that back then, you could put a coat hanger out on a put the coat hanger out mm-hmm. and get your little, and you can move it to Jackson or Memphis. And if you lived in Jackson, you pointed it towards Memphis, and you could pick up. Channel 5 to watch championship wrestling. Uh-huh. But my grandfather, oh my lord, that man was religious when it came to WCW. When it was ready, <laughs> it did. It was Atlanta Brave baseball and WCW. It didn't matter to anything else. That's, that's right. all he wanted to watch. But, you so, know, back, back in there, you know, uh, that's how I started watching on Saturday nights, like at 1030 on one of the TV channels out of Jackson that you had on the, uh, on the cable service. They were showing wrestling matches from inside the Mid-South Coliseum. We didn't have that in Memphis. We had to go and pay money. I didn't want to pay no money because I'm cheap and poor. But actually, when Channel 17, and I'm kind of giving a little history lesson here, Zane. I'm sorry uh, for kind of dominating here. But when they had Gordon Soley, Mr. Wrestling Number 2, the beginnings of uh, uh, the Four Horsemen and all that, they, they ruled Channel 17. And then when Turner put on CNN, they started making it more of a cable channel and changed it to TBS. 17 went off on their very own way. So what used to be Channel 17 out of Atlanta is now known as TBS, and that morphed into TNT. And, of course, uh, you have CNN. Let's all yawn at the same time when we talk about CNN. Uh, I just can't stand watching those guys anymore. But if you watch them, fine. That's fine. Anyway. I love, um, I love me some seltzer water in the morning. <laughs> but that, Looking on the seltzer water, though, that's probably. Get some of that hard seltzer out there now. Yeah, well, so, yeah. yeah, that, you know, but that that's kind of the history lesson. That's why I'm so excited to see wrestling coming back to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. And I remember Gary Hart. I don't know if you guys Uh-oh. remember that name or not. He was a Gary wrestling Hart. manager. He's got a, a fascinating book out there about uh, professional wrestling and his days in Georgia and his days in Dallas. 
He's mainly a, a a manager, and every time he would talk about Atlanta, and they were getting ready to he'd take one of his bad guys to the uh, to Atlanta to the Omni. He wouldn't say the Omni. It was always the Omni, and I don't know if he did that on purpose or or what, but that's just some memories of the old Channel 17 wrestling. And then one more memory, if you guys will let me do this. My friend Larry uh, was a wrestling fan back on when I was, I, I don't think I was in college at this time, but I was working where he was going to college. And every Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock, Larry was over at my house. We would watch two hours of wrestling with Gordon Soley. And like we said, Mr. Wrestling 2, The Four Horsemen, Barry Windham, all these great old-time wrestlers, and then be over at 6 o'clock, and then we'd go do what we were going to do on Saturday night, which, you know, we were some swinging bachelors, and we usually did nothing because we weren't ladies' men. But that just brings back some great memories, and I know that they're going to have a great event, and that's going to be very popular for them. And hopefully we'll be able to see Rekha Tahaka going to be on there, Manny Lemons or Manny uh, Smith, and I, I think it's it's going to be great for professional wrestling. Wow, wow! You know it is going to be awesome, and I don't know. I'm I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm excited that there's going to be some some uh, hopefully some stuff coming to Salt Lake. I don't know. We'll see what happens with all this stuff, and and. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. You do remember that the last real big wrestling event that before they, the country shut down, that was none other than Salt Lake City at the Maverick Center. And uh, remember, they, they shut because that night was the when the NBA players were in Milwaukee and, and uh, the Utah Jazz were there and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert had to pull out of the game and they just stopped. That's the night everything stopped, but they were doing wrestling in Salt Lake City. So, and then Zane, I got one more thing for you here. Yeah. Now listen yeah. to this, Chris. Listen closely. Okay. Last last night I am watching AEW with my lovely wife Teresa and I hear Tony Schiavone say this. He said, "It's a great time to be a wrestling fan." And all I could do <laughs> was think of Zane because he says that every podcast <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's awesome maybe we have a listener in tony Schiavone, yeah. and we don't even know <laughs> tony Schiavone is chris uh chris jericho uh talks about that say what Schiavone. he calls him Schiavone. Schiavone. tony Schiavone. and uh yeah i i had to think of uh you when they do that and when i hear some when i see somebody get his uh his head cracked open i think of chris and <laughs> <laughs> ftr uh, the tag team that was the revival in WWE. Uh, I think it's Dash. No, I can't remember which one it is, but one of them got injured a couple of weeks ago. His arm freak accident got hung into the turnbuckle and it ripped oh. his skin wide open and he was oh. bleeding very, very badly. And uh, the cut was so deep that it might be some, some nerve damage in his arm. And uh, there's the possibility he might not be able to wrestle very much longer. Ooh. So we give him the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, golly, guys, it's been an interesting, interesting podcast today. Yeah. I mean, kind of yes, all, all over the place with things, which sometimes 
you know, that's the way it goes. You know, sometimes we're crazy in our own lives and things are just all over the place. Chris? Yes, we are. I mean, it's been it's been a great time for professional wrestling. It's been a great time for uh, to have someone, you know, if you have somebody that you know that needs help, you know, stretch out your hand and, and be there for them. Uh, hopefully we can get this guy that wants to be on the podcast so we can talk to him and string him up. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, make him feel wonderful mm-hmm. and, and welcome into the family. But uh, guys, like I said, it's a great time for professional wrestling. It's a great time to be a professional, uh, to be a fan. We are fans. That's all we are. We're not experts. If we were experts, uh, we would know everything that's going on behind the scenes and we don't. Uh like I said, thanks, guys, for letting me back on the podcast again. It's been a blast. Zane, it's been fun to listen to you again. We'll have to do this another time down the road if, we are, if we're able to. Absolutely. And, Dave? Yes. Keep in touch more often. I mean, I miss these daily texts, okay? <laughs> I, te- I text you so much. I, I know. On, I, I know. Saying, I'm teasing yeah. you. I'm teasing you. Dave's always like, I always feel bad because I, I don't answer you right away because I'm like either working or something's going on. I'm like, crap, I got to text Dave back. <laughs> <laughs> and he never does. He hurts my feelings. Man. Oh, my feelings. <laughs> I got to do better. <laughs> but so, well, I'm going to let you have again. the, I'm going to let you have the last word. And the last word, the last word, Zane, and if you would end it with your catchphrase. You know, Dave, Chris, restturnbuckletrash.net fans, COVID-19 survivors, everybody out there in the world struggling with their battles and their issues in life, just remember one thing right now that is consistent, and that consistency is that it is a great time to be a wrestling fan. This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Wrestling was an essential service. Yes! 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 Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. Correct! The thoughts and opinions heard on the proceeding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being. Well, if you want a rematch, you are getting one. <laughs> this is Turnbuckle Trash. Comes out of an old Ford pickup truck and spitting tobacco on the ground. Uh, I hate technology. Whoa, that's cool. <laughs> Excuse me for a second. <laughs> for a second. <laughs> My mouth is agape right now. I'm going, arr, 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 arr. <laughs> Stop.